Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war a lot on my show in past episodes about the blatant hypocrisy that I see coming from the left. I often will use a saying that if the left didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all. And I truly believe that. There are so many examples that have become front and center and really, in my opinion, undeniable about how the left picks and chooses sort of their platforms and how they're applied and where they like to get that emotional fuel from for whatever the issue is. We could take Black Lives Matter for an example. The left will go out and they will scream about Black Lives Matter However, it's only designated to officer-involved shootings, specifically if a Black person is shot or killed or in an altercation with a white police officer. There is no discussion about Black-on-Black crime. There is no discussion about Black abortion rates. There's no conversation about a Black life mattering outside of that one particular instance. And when you have a conversation with a liberal about that, bringing up that point, it shuts down the conversation, but it only shuts down the conversation from the standpoint that typically the liberal or the person that is standing there waving their Black Lives Matter flag can't rebuttal with anything. And so they shut down the conversation by calling the person a racist or perhaps making the making the accusation that they then don't care about Black lives. And that's, of course, not it at all. If you're coming from a conservative talking point about the Black Lives Matter, the whole issue is that yes, they do, and every life matters. And if you are going to scream about a particular Black life, you should be screaming about all of them, which is really the point. And we have another instance of absolute blatant hypocrisy on our hands as of late. And that's with the southern border. I'm here in Arizona, so we are a border state to the Mexico border, and it is a crisis. It is an absolute crisis, and it's an absolute invasion. And I'm not just talking about 
Mexicans coming over, people that are from Mexico. I'm talking about the southern border between the United States and Mexico being used as a entry point for anyone in the world that wants to come and gain access to our country illegally. And there are so many issues surrounding immigration and illegal immigration, but all of them, again, point towards liberal hypocrisy. Because I would say what we're seeing right now on that left, and again, I don't think that this is a huge representation of what I would say are maybe even moderate Democrats or people that were left-leaning during the Trump administration. I think that what we see are, again, the people that are so far left that it just makes your head hurt. And I think that the friends that I have or the people in my life that are more left-leaning are getting pushed more and more center because of the representation and I don't think that they are even being represented very well by their party and by their elected officials. But I will say that I think this idea surrounding the liberal idea of immigration, and in particular as it applies to our southern border, is that there's no such thing as an illegal human being. Like I've heard that a million times over. And yes, while I get that, again, Every life is valuable. Every human is valuable. I want the best for humans all across the world. I don't want people to live in poverty. I don't want people to be dying of diseases or malnutrition. I would love for humanity to be thriving and successful no matter their location. But there have to be rules and standards and laws that apply for a myriad of reasons. And when we talk about it from a legal standpoint, I think our judicial system is just so broken. And that's been obviously apparent for the last few years. I think we really dig, we can see that it's been apparent for a long time, but again, it's just really in our faces over the last few years. But if you come at this topic from again, a common sense and critical thinking approach, that is, you cannot have dialogue with people on the left from that approach. It doesn't exist in their vernacular from what I have seen and from the conversations that I have had. And moreover, from the conversations that people are unwilling to have with you. There is no sit down. There is no educated dialogue. There is no back and forth exchange of ideas or topics or concerns. There is none of that from a left-leaning perspective on all of these hot and contentious topics. So this is where I am blessed to get to use this platform to sort of point out what those talking points would be should someone want to come forth and have an adult dialogue about why this is so much more than just a every human is important topic. And we, the great nation of the United States of America, why it is not our obligation to to be the landing place for everyone else 
who may not have it as well as we do. Especially considering the fact that we have ways in which you can come to this country legally, following the laws. Come and live and enjoy all of the wonderful things that we have to offer as a country and as communities. And you then get to be a productive member of society. But the illegal entry into our country is fraught with problems. It's estimated right now for 2023, so we are in May of 2023, that 1.3 million people have already been accounted for as coming across the southern border. 1.3 million people. That is a lot of people. If we were to talk about a city, we'd be like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a big city. There's over a million people. 1.3 million people entering our country. So let's just look at this from the framework of, well, let's look at it number one from the framework of safety. There's no accusations being made on my part that everyone crossing is a criminal or that they are quote unquote bad people. I don't think that at all. But what I do think is that we don't know. We don't have the opportunity to vet who is coming into our country. And I think that's important. I think it's important to look at, do people have criminal backgrounds? Who are their associations? Do we want a person that has demonstrated a criminal past in their own country to bring that to a new country where they're going to have to figure out ways of making money. They're going to have to figure out ways of getting food. You maybe don't speak the language. What perhaps is going to be the easiest way to acquire all of those things, if not from some sort of criminality? That be theft, or perhaps even documentation fraud, whether you go and you get a fake social security card so that then you could work. Safety is a massive, massive concern. Another safety issue, which I think again is a huge spotlight on the liberal hypocrisy that we've seen over the last few years, where we had all of these people coming on television saying, you've got to go get the COVID vaccine. You're going to kill your grandma. You're going to kill my grandma. You're going to get sick. You have to go do it. I got it done. I put my picture up on Instagram of me taking this. It's going to work. It's going to get us out of here. You're an anti-vaxxer if you don't go get it. We heard that for years, for years. That was crammed down our throats, primarily by the left, especially with the name calling, <laughs> and especially with the finger pointing. That always tends to come from the left. I think people on the right that got it 
mm, they probably just think, well, yeah, I should probably do this, you know, or I need to keep my job. Some of those other reasons. So we now have this massive influx of people over the last couple of years that the left is not really saying anything about them entering our country in general, let alone whether or not they have received their COVID vaccine, which they were shouting at everybody for the last couple of years to get. Do they not care anymore? Are they not, are they not concerned? Do those rules not apply to somebody coming across the southern border, scaling the fence? Those people don't have to get their COVID vaccine. That is such a weird, mind-bending place for me to go about how you can just be mute about that or how you can backtrack so fast and so furiously that you almost pretend like none of that had happened over the last couple of years. Like we can really sit here and be like, oh yeah, no, we literally fired people and ruined people's lives and people lost their livelihood and people now are in lawsuits because they didn't want to inject this into their body. And yet we are totally cool and comfortable with people coming in our country that probably don't have it. And we're not even asking, we're not concerned, we haven't spoken about it. Wild. Absolutely wild to me. And it's, 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 it's mute. There is no conversation about it. Which is sort of where we're at with Title 42, right? So this was a holdover from Trump's administration due to the pandemic, increasing border security and turning away people that were coming to our southern border. And that's expired now. So it's literally just a free-for-all, an absolute free-for-all. I mean, if anything, I think for those of us that never participated in COVID to begin with, but those that did and those that were fearful, and I think this is a great sign that COVID must be over. It has to be. Otherwise, what's the reasoning? What's the rationale for just allowing this? Especially, too, we're hearing stories that People that have lived in this country for years have been productive members of society that have done all the right things, that have come here legally, have followed all of the rules, that they're being denied citizenship or green cards because they're unvaccinated. It makes my head want to explode. And I, again, I have said it on this show before, I, I even posted it on my social media a couple weeks ago, asking, almost begging, in fact, which is not a good look, asking for somebody that is left-leaning to come on the show 
to come on and talk with me about their rationales for their thoughts and their applications around all of these topics. And of course it was crickets. And I don't have a huge social media following, but I have enough. I have big enough. And I know that I have some people that follow me that are left-leaning. You don't even stand strong enough in your convictions and in your beliefs to come on a show or to privately have a conversation about all of these things. It's very telling to me. But at the same time, there is such a huge part of me that wants to get into that psyche and figure it out because I can't understand it. And I have tried. I have tried to either you know, tap in or put myself in those shoes or look at it from a different perspective and it just doesn't add up. There is absolutely no dot connecting. So I'll throw this out there again. If you're a listener and you would love to come on and have an adult conversation or have a little chat about maybe why my perspective is askew or some things that support yours. Fantastic. I'd love that. You can always leave a comment or send an email. It's in the show notes there. If you're not, but you know somebody that is, send them my way. I would love to have that dialogue. I'm hungry for it actually. And I think it's important that we demonstrate that that's capable, that we're capable of having that as adults in our country right now on the heels of the intense trauma that we've all, all have experienced for the last few years. Another issue that we're seeing that again, nobody is talking about. Well, we are here in Arizona because it's a massive problem is the massive amounts of drugs that are coming across that southern border. We all know about fentanyl. We know about its killing abilities with a very, very, very tiny amount, the number of people that it can take out. Not a lot of people are talking about it. It's sort of one of those things that I always feel like people can only change their perspective once something super impactful happens to them. And you never want that to happen, right? Whether it's somebody that notoriously drinks and drives and you're always like, hey, buddy, call an Uber. Like, I don't think you should be driving or give me your keys or whatever, whatever. And then they end up in a car accident. Maybe they themselves get injured. Maybe they hurt other people. You never want somebody to go through that experience of, ooh, this was bad. I sort of turned a blind eye. And then because I turned a blind eye, or maybe not because, but something just ended up happening in your world that is so close to you that that is what initiated the sort of aha moment. We have the potential, I think, of seeing that with the fentanyl crisis and it being a direct result of our open borders. We have no idea what the cartels are capable of. We have no idea who is already in our country 
that is working for the cartels that's helping facilitate the transport and the movement of this. I mean, there's a few shows on Netflix that talks about this that literally tracks people from whatever country they're coming from, whether that be Mexico or somewhere in Central or South America, how the drugs are prepared, who they're transported off to, how they go, and, and, and how they get across our border. It's insane. And it's insane that we are not more protective of, of our own. We are all global citizens. We are all part of this larger sort of ecosystem. But at some point, it's, it's like we have to look at who we are as a country and say, what is ultimately best for us as a country? It's sort of like if, you know, I cook dinner and I take this beautifully prepared dinner over to my neighbors and they eat and then my family gets the leftovers. Nobody's doing that. And if you presented that as a realistic thing to do, people would look at you like you're crazy because it's not. You take care of your own first so that they can be full. And then in turn, they can go and take care of others. The left has demonized and has made our country out to be this horrible place, this cesspool of all of these made up systemic problems, yet they're sitting at a Starbucks drinking an $8 cup of coffee while on their, you know, $1,500 MacBook computer with their, you know, AirPods in their ears talking about how capitalism is horrible and this is such a garbage place to be. What? which again is such a sign of the hypocrisy. If this is such a terrible place to be, why have 1.3 million people come here just this year? Why are people literally flocking to get inside the walls of this incredible country? Why is that? And I'm not just talking about the southern border. I'm talking about other countries. Other countries that send their kids here to go to school and then they stay and they're on a work visa. Other countries that people immigrate here through the regular legal processes and channels. And those are not just you know, countries like Canada or anything like that. I mean, we're talking every country in the world. Flocks here. They come here on holiday to visit. 
if we're so terrible as a nation, like the left wants everybody to believe, why then are we still this sort of beacon to the rest of the world? It's wild to me. The hypocrisy is just mind boggling. And on that topic of big hypocrisies, some of the biggest, <laughs> there, there's almost, there's just so many that I can't even, my brain gets scattered on like, okay, I want to talk about this one, but I also want to talk about this one because there are literally so many, every single talking point from the left is rooted in hypocrisy. But one of the biggest ones that I want to talk about when we come back, because I'm going to step away and take a short break, is it's a it's a twofold topic. But I feel like it is a very, very large umbrella for what the left sort of paints themselves out to be versus what is actually happening. So I'm going to take a short little break. And when we come back, we will continue diving in on this topic. The left liberal hypocrisies, how it's applying to our southern border, and just some other things I think that are circulating around that. So you are listening to Nurses Out Loud. I am your host, Nurse Beth, and we are on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's time and go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. All right, so the first half of the show, really just talking about the border crisis and some of the things that I see, especially being here in Arizona, it may be a little bit more in our faces than elsewhere in the country or might make the quote unquote news, even though I don't watch the news. Again, I get the majority of my sort of up-to-date information 
whether that be Twitter or certain people that I follow on Instagram. But the liberal hypocrisies continue. They're at an all-time high, in my opinion. And so many of them apply to what is happening on the southern border. And I sort of just touched on, you know, Title 42 ending and then the safety of what this means for our country with this gigantic influx of people coming and also the drugs and other potential really, really concerning complications as associated with having, you know, just a, just a wide open border in which anyone can, can come. And the left loves to use talking points that are emotionally charging. And I think that that's because when you come from a place of emotion, it's very hard to also factor in logic. I think we see that sometimes if you want to get into like the male-female dynamic, we're sort of, I think that this is God's design, but people have made this out to be a stereotype. And I don't think it's a stereotype at all. I think it's how we are as to balance one another out as male, female, but men tend to be more logical and women tend to be more emotional. And when you're in that relationship where there are those dynamics, you have that sort of balance. But the left loves to start out with an emotionally charged basis for the claim that they're supporting. And then once you have swung the pendulum so far over and you've gotten people riled up and you've got people's, you know, endorphins going and they are shouting and they are engaged in this sort of heated back and forth and exchange, there is almost no way to lessen that and then have a dialogue surrounding it. So the plan works brilliantly. It works really well because what it ultimately does is it, instead of, if we go back to that male-female dynamic, instead of that male-female looking at it as complimentary and being like, hey, you know, let's talk, but you're probably going to share your thoughts from an emotional standpoint and I'm maybe going to share mine from a logical standpoint and looking at how that can be beneficial for both sides that doesn't that that's impossible to have happen with the you know left right bifurcation if you will because at some point it's just too much right so if you are on a conservative side and you're getting shouted at constantly that you are a racist and that you are a homophobe and that you're a transphobe and that you're an anti-vaxxer all that does is just it literally shuts you down as an individual. You're like, I'm not going to stand here and defend myself against this. And then also the person shouting those things and using that emotional fuel to be what is the foundation of their quote unquote argument. That person is very, it's it's unlikely that they're going to say, oh gosh, my emotions are getting the best of me. I should probably take this down a notch and let's have a dialogue. So it pushes, in essence, the two sides further and further apart from ever finding a middle ground, which ultimately is the most beautiful representation of divide and conquer that we could see. 
if we're going to pretend that we're in this two-party system, like I keep talking about on this show, if we're pretending that, because coming from a conservative standpoint, I know that there are hundreds of quote-unquote Republicans who are playing just as dirty as the Democrats and that there are a certain number of Democrats who aren't playing dirty, who are looking and going, ooh, this doesn't align with me anymore. Like I'm getting out of here. So it works both ways. It's this crossing over. However, I tend to look at things from the standpoint of if I'm a conservative and these are my viewpoints and I feel that the southern border being wide open is unsafe for a myriad of reasons and that while yes, every life is important, I want the best for every human I don't want people to be living in poverty, squalor, no food, no water, all of those things. Yes, I am a humanitarian as well. But what we see demonstrated from the left is that none of those things matter. They just can't matter. They can't matter as much as saying, oh, we were, we're, we're keeping people out or we're discriminating or we're so racist that we don't want people that, that are non-white coming into our country. Which is sort of what I was alluding to in the first half of the show before I took a break of this like overarching topic that again, doesn't make any sense to me. And I can't find anyone that will be willing to have this conversation. We hear from the left all the time that our country is systemically racist, that every institution that we live in, that we participate in, in this country is just racist to its core. And yet, The United States is probably one of the most diverse countries in the world. We have every shade in this country. We have every religion in this country. We have every walk of life in this country which is honestly, it's beautiful. It's one of the greatest things about our country is that we are this place where people people can come and people can literally experience the American dream and they can have a potentially better life than what their opportunity was in their country of origin. And there are so many countries that are significantly more homogenous than the United States. Significantly. So here's my my thought. If the left is constantly screaming about racism and constantly screaming about how non-whites are oppressed and they can't get anywhere. Why again on earth 
are millions of non-white people flocking to our country. You don't think that they've caught wind that we're just this huge racist cesspool? You don't think parents in other countries are cautioning their children and saying, oh, I don't know. I don't think it's safe for you to go to UCLA for school. I've heard the United States is just disgustingly racist. You're not going to be welcomed there. I don't think it's a good idea. You don't think the word travels like that if that were in fact the case? If we are this country that is having these constant race wars and these battles and these real life things, not just the things perpetuated by the media or blown totally out of context or worked in to fit a particular narrative, if that were truly, truly the case in present day, sure, considering every country has history, we have our history. Don't you think that the people on the southern border who don't look like me of my European descent, whom some would say I have I, I can't have any problems in life because of that, life's just all butterflies and rainbows because of the color of my skin, which is just garbage. Don't you think that that would be cause for concern for people entering this country? As if life's not going to be hard enough, right? You don't speak the language. You, how are you going to find a job, food, shelter, all, all of those things that go into, I mean, moving, let alone leaving your home country and coming to a new country where you literally have to potentially swim across a river or run from border patrol agents. Life's already going to be hard. And then you want to throw racism on top of that? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And then the crazy part is, is that the same people that are literally screaming their faces off about us being racist aren't cautioning those people. They're not down there like, oh, gosh, you guys, oh, you may not want to come. It's going to get real rough for you because we're super racist here. I'd turn back. However hard life was, wherever you're coming from, it's going to be better than being here in the U.S. because we are just, we're racist systemically. They, they, don't, they, they don't care enough. They care enough about screaming about it and saying that this is the problem, but they don't then potentially care enough about the people that are going to be experiencing that systemic racism. What? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I can't. None, nothing about it makes any sense. 
And, you know, furthermore, if we look at just talking about quality of life, independent of whether or not you think that somebody is going to experience covert or overt racism at any point during their life here in this country or being an immigrant to this country, we're now seeing towns. El Paso is a great example where you have all of these people living on the streets. There is not enough shelter for them. There is nowhere for these people to go. And they're somehow better off. They've somehow made gains in their quality of life and quality of living by now living on the streets in a foreign city and in a foreign country. To me, I feel like if you want to be an advocate for people, and you care deeply about people, which again, I think that this is the left's sort of thing is like, oh, we love these people so much. We, we want them to, to feel welcomed in our country and we don't want them to, to turn people away. That's rude and it's hurtful. And we should just have these open arms and welcome everyone with these open arms, but welcome them to what? In my mind, if you want to be that type of person where you are welcoming, where you are encouraging people to maybe even do things the right way, if you think our immigration process is so horrible and that as a country, we somehow owe it to the rest of the world to be maybe more lenient than other countries are as far as immigration, then work on that then come at it from a framework of saying, gosh, you know, we've got a lot of people that maybe financially they're, they're living in, in a country or in a position where their family, where the money that they make is literally just going to their homes and their children and their food and, you know, all of those day-to-day expenses. Maybe they don't have the money to go through this process. Okay. So let's look at something there. Maybe the paperwork's incredibly arduous. Maybe the process is just long and really challenging. And I would render a guess that it is because it's our government, because our government is involved. Everything is going to cost more when the government's involved. Everything is going to take longer when the government is involved. No process is going to be smooth. We've all been to the DMV. We've all had to go and get our passport. We've all had to do things in which the government somehow is involved. And it's always tedious and monotonous and annoying. But if you think that this is so important for our country and for these other countries, why wouldn't you? work on it from that angle. Ease the process. 
figure out ways to get these folks maybe sponsorships if they have family members that are already here. I don't know. But it's not very humanitarian, in my opinion, to let people swim across a river, run through a desert, potentially be raped, murdered, die in the back of a truck that's smuggling people over to then get here and live on the streets. It's not very humanitarian. And it doesn't make your platform look very good. And if the argument is, well, putting up a wall, well, maybe if you put up a wall, it will signify or symbolize and be be a physical representation that you need to do this process in the correct way. We have standards in our country. We have laws in our country. We have rules that need to be followed. And the expectation is, is that all of those things are adhered to, and then you get to reap the benefits of being in our amazing country. But follow that process first. Something else along those same lines of the humanitarian crisis that really is the immigration crisis. I mean, this this comes down to literally a humanitarian crisis. Something else that is not being talked about at all is the women and children, the rape, and the human trafficking. If you aren't up on the human trafficking problem that we have in this world, I would highly encourage you to do a little bit of digging and know it's not a conspiracy theory. And I would also encourage you, if anything, I've I've said this probably a million times on the show before, if somebody calls it a conspiracy theory, just automatically now assume that it's true. Automatically assume that they're using that term to try to deflect to make you feel a certain sort of way about knowing information that they don't want you to know about and take that as fact. Still do your research, still look into it, but it's more than likely true if somebody is labeling it a conspiracy theory. An absolutely gut-wrenching and horrifying story that made it here in the Arizona sort of news was a story about a little girl coming across the border who was, I don't know if she was detained or what happened, but she came under the watchful eye of Border Patrol. And I don't know the specifics of I don't know the specifics of how they got down to uh, what had happened to this little girl or 
how they how they ultimately decided to do this test, right? Like, I don't know, there obviously had to have been some conversation about it, but this little girl, eight years old, was found to have over 60, well, she was found with 67 different traces of DNA inside her body. I'm going to repeat that and take a deep breath as I say this. An eight-year-old little girl was found to have 67 different DNA samples inside of her. I don't even know, uh, as a mother, as a, as a human being, how somebody cannot hear that story and immediately look at what is happening at our border as an absolute crisis. Eight-year-old little girl raped 67 different people. And yet we just think that this is all about letting people come here, experience the, the gifts and the joy of living in the United States. I have not heard one liberal or one person out on those streets marching for legal immigration or to not call this illegal immigration. I have not heard one person mention the fact that this little girl is probably not alone in this. This is probably happening day in and day out to the girls and the women that are either coming across the border, maybe willingly, maybe with their family, who knows, or sold, maybe, sure, kidnapped also a very real possibility being absolutely violated through then whatever next process this looks like for them. Whether you are only a victim of those horrific acts before getting to the border then you're at the border. Am I going to get stopped by border patrol? Am I separated from my family? Who knows what happens? And or they make it into this country and are they continued to be trafficked? 
given to someone else, sold to someone else. The money is huge. We just we just saw what what bank was it? It's it's escaping my brain right now, but um where a bank had to pay millions of dollars to a victim of Jeffrey Epstein. And we're literally just turning a blind eye to all of these potentials happening right under our noses because we don't want people's feelings hurt that there's a wall up signifying to them, "Eh, it's not just free entry around here. Sorry, we're sacred. We lock our doors on our homes. We lock our windows on our homes and we should lock our borders on our country. Just not a hard concept. It doesn't mean that we don't love people. In fact, it's the exact opposite. In fact, if you really want to get down to the heart of it, we love people so much. I love people so much. Never in a million years would I want someone to experience probably the fear and the 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 risk and all of the possible horrendous outcomes that one could face coming to try to get across our border. You can't for a second convince me that that trek, that that effort and intensity and what you have to go through is any better than what their potential life was like. You're you're never going to convince me, even independent of poverty, independent of you know, your, your past, maybe you do have a criminal past. Maybe you are running from something. I don't know. There is just no way that that process and then potentially landing here and living on the streets and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, maybe only having one or two changes of clothes that that is somehow better than what you came from. I'm hard pressed to believe that. And I think if we want to have, again, a dialogue that isn't emotionally charged, unless we're talking about women and little girls being raped, I mean, that's it's an emotionally charging conversation. But if we want to have the dialogue surrounding this and why ultimately this is not the best solution for anyone involved, it's not the best for our country and it's not the best for the people coming to our country. If we started at that foundation, we may be able to see eye to eye on some of the more microscopic issues within this one larger issue. Maybe. I mean, that's just me always being glass half full optimistic, but I would think we're both coming from it from a place of caring for people and wanting what's best for people. 
I would hope that we could both agree that there's a lot going on that is ultimately not best for anyone involved. And if I'm naive in that, then I'm naive in that. But what I, what I will say is that I am not naive to the fact that there still continues to be rampant, rampant hypocrisy, whether you want to call it the Democratic Party, whether you want to call it the left, whether you want to call it the radical left, whether you want to call it the woke. It's just hypocrisy through and through. And this is a topic in which it's, again, just staring me in the face. Really no other way for me to, to look at, you know, that, that side's sort of viewpoint and, and apply any other analysis to it. So I'll offer it up again. If anyone out there is more left-leaning and you'd like to have a dialogue, I'd love it. If you have any friends or family members that are more left-leaning and they would love to have a dialogue, shoot me an email. I would love it. And we'll just sort of sort of share some perspective and some thoughts. If you want to talk about this issue, great. Another one, we can do that as well. But I think it would be really nice to have that conversation and maybe set an example for other people to have those conversations. And with that being said, that is all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily, where no topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time